I'm Richard Herring. I'm up LaCroix. And this is Sight on Screen. Yeah, I mean, right. if it, I think this, you know what? I don't know if it started like this, but this is another treat yourself. We, we're we yeah, having a good time uh, over here at, with sight on screen. You know what? Yeah, so while we were doing our 10 best and worst of uh, in the 2010s, we mentioned mm. this movie, Parasite, as being sort of the one that won all the Oscars and got a lot, a lot of praise, but we hadn't seen it, both of us. Yeah, well, neither so of us have seen in it. The past, yeah, exactly. So in the past few weeks, I think almost a month ago, I saw it. Yep. Absolutely loved it, and then immediately recommended it to you. Yeah, and I've just kind of been dragging my feet and having to get around to it. So yesterday, me and my girlfriend, we sat down, we put it on, and I got to say, we were both pretty much blown away by this thing. Yeah, it is definitely a recommend from both of us. This is yep. the kind. This is the kind of movie. I mean, I went in knowing almost nothing about it. Yeah, I I went in uh, cold. Yeah, and I think that really really helps. So for anyone who has not seen the movie, we're both highly highly recommending it. It is definitely one of the best movies of 2019. Please oh, yeah. treat yourself. <laughs> now treat that it's yourself. on. Uh, yeah, so now now that it's on like home media, please do yourself a favor, watch it. It is Yeah, and and, and it. don't let anybody spoil it. Don't read up on anything. Let yourself be surprised by this thing. Yes. This is one because... of the ones where some sometimes a movie comes along and you're thinking all this hype, all of this like it won all these awards and you get disappointed in the end by the product. You know what? I was almost expecting that on this one. I was not disappointed at all. Me neither. I thought the praise I was it was exactly in the same boat. I thought all the praise was overhyped. I had seen uh Boon Joon Ho's other, some other movies of his. Yeah, uh, like likewise. Uh, Snowpiercer and uh, Memories of Murder, I believe it's called. Yes, Memories I've of heard Murder, of yeah. but I haven't watched that one. Yes, I'd seen both of those. I liked them a lot, but hmm. I and so I I expected to like this movie, but I didn't expect to fall in love with it the way that I did. Yeah, the two I've come across before is Snowpiercer, just like yourself, and The Host. Ah, yeah, The Host, the uh, the monster movie that he made. The monster movie. And, I mean, th th I think that's probably why I was so curious where he was going to go with this, because both of those are so in my genre wheelhouse. You know, one of them is a straight-up kind of interesting take on the monster movie, and one of them is a really interesting dystopian sci-fi sci kind of story. Mm-hmm. And to see a guy who directs that kind of stuff really come out of left field and sweep the Oscars like it's almost never been swept before. I mean, you're kind of yeah. left sitting here going, wait, what happened? How, who, this, <laughs> this guy? Really? Yeah, it's kind of amazing winning both uh, best foreign film and best feature film of the year. In the and Oscars best director for a non-language, well, yeah. for a non-English feature. I mean, that's kind of unprecedented yeah very much so so yeah no this is definitely a movie worth seeing it is 
I would almost, I would call it genre-defining, but it has so mm. many genres that it's hard. Yeah, no, it, it does kind of sw- swing back and forth genre-wise. I mean, the only thing, I'm going to go back to the Oscars for one second, because Bang Joon-ho has one of my favorite quotes ever to the Oscars. At the after party, when asked mm-hmm. for a statement on what he, if he'd like to thank the Academy, he said he'd like to apologize to the Academy it can't have been easy printing Korean names that many times. Uh, class. <laughs> I mean, that's just... <clears throat> oh, God. Yeah, no, his whole acceptance speech was really, really funny. Because everyone else... I mean, so so Hollywood is always seen as, you know, the land of movies. You know, if you love movies, you go to Hollywood, L.A. Yeah, absolutely. You get it. And everyone, everyone's acceptance speech was very, very politically motivated. And then this guy comes up, wins like several awards, and each of them is just, hey, look at me, I love movies, and uh, thank you. <laughs> That's about it. And <laughs> it I think was really my, refreshing to see. If I remember correctly, because I, I didn't watch like the full ceremony or anything, but when he got Best Director and he's up there doing that, I think they cut to Tarantino. And it looked like Tarantino was almost relieved he wasn't up there making a political speech. Because everyone thought Tarantino was going to get it for once upon a time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But instead, because... we got Brad Pitt talking about his fascination with feet. Oh, oh, mercy. Yeah. I didn't see the whole thing either, but I did see the highlight reel. Yeah. And my God, Brad Pitt's speech was brutal to uh, Tarantino. <laughs> I haven't heard this. I haven't seen this. I, I, oh, you should, I, you should of... watch it. It's really funny. Oh, wow. Okay. That that sounds... I mean, let's be honest. Tarantino deserves a bit of a roasting occasionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Admittedly, though, he did have an amazing thing I saw recently, an interview where someone said... Uh, someone was asking him about Tarantino movies being violent. And he said, well, yes, Tarantino movies are violent, but what are you expecting? It's a Tarantino movie. You don't go to a Metallica <laughs> concert and ask the fuckers to turn it down. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That is that is pretty yeah, meta. <laughs> I mean, full credit. Full credit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, but Parasite. So this Parasite. was... It came out in 2019. Yes. A South Korean movie mm. that has, from what I can understand, a pretty star-studded cast, actually. I recognize a few faces. Uh, the the mother of the rich family and the father of the poorer family and also the um, the old maid yes i think those i i at least recognized uh as like you said the father and the mothers respectively old maid maybe i'm not sure perhaps um trying to like look through yeah okay that's namgung minsu that's him right I think this is the thing is like Korean films is like I I have to admit I mean I've watched Korean films but mainly in thriller and horror. I haven't really branched out too much. I'm changing that opinion now though. I mean Yeah. That's something that we all talked about the other night when after we we were done watching it's like a lot of the stylistic aspects of it were quite new to me. There was a lot of how the film was constructed that I wasn't used to in cinema. Mm-hmm. Whereas my girlfriend, who has actually watched a fair amount of uh, Korean uh, drama and those kind of movies, said that for her, it actually was familiar, but really, really well executed here. So this right. was kind of like something, this was a familiar cinematic language, but elevated. 
Yeah, I mean, it's... See, th this is the kind of movie where that makes me really, you know, regain my hope and love for film and filmmaking. Because, mm, like, every single aspect of it is just executed to near perfection. Yeah. No, from I mean, the camera that's... work, from the sound design, from the acting, everything just just meshes so beautifully. The set designs, oh my god, the set designs just And I have incredible. to be honest with you, this 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 blew my mind. Something that isn't gonna be like seen when you're watching this. There are large portions of this movie that feature green screen and CGI. Yeah. You don't even notice so, it's completely nope. it's completely seamless. The craziest one for me is to, there were two ones that really kind of just blew my mind. The outdoor sequence in the rain, that's filmed on a soundstage. So, really? yeah, the extension of the street, part of the street is real. And then the extension of the street is a green screen extension. You know, that makes sense because the architecture is very unusual. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. And the other one, the other one was that I noticed at all. No, because the thing that was crazy about filming this is that the house does not exist. It's not they f they did not film on a location. Each room of the house is a soundstage. So when they're outside, the first floor is real, but the second floor of the house was put in digitally. Interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of like it's it's one of those things where someone really knew how to use the technology and exactly where the technology could be used without it taking away from the experience. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it definitely fooled me. I, I thought most of it was, was real and practical. I had no idea. But now that yeah, you're no, mentioning it, it, it kind of makes sense, and it's executed perfectly. Yeah, no, it's like, I, I wouldn't have known. I just saw a thing on YouTube where someone was breaking down some of the aspects of it, and it is... It's masterful how well they've incorporated effects into this. Because, I mean, this, is a, this isn't an effects-driven movie. This, okay, so for we talked about how the genres are kind of mixed on this thing. I think the, the, the one description I saw, and it's one of those like titles I'm not really fond of throwing out there, but I think it really fits here, is seriodrama. So it is a, or seri seriomedy, I think was the term. So it's hmm. a comedy, but it's also very serious. Well, we have to probably mention. So, obviously, spoiler alert. Uh, mm. because, oh yes, yeah. We we've so already told people don't to watch it, this thing. Come on. Yeah, definitely. Please do it. So, spoiler alert. Uh, but this movie is very much divided into two parts. It's almost exactly. Yes. So this is a two-hour movie, and almost exactly at the one-hour mark, it changes completely. It does like a full one eighty. And it changes yep. everything about the movie. <laughs> and the first yeah, half I mean, is actually really, really funny. <laughs> it's oh, yeah, surprisingly it's funny. And that's why the second half takes you so much by surprise. It's because it is, it is purely a tonal shift. They don't mm -hmm. add elements. All the elements have already been set up during the comedy part. And now they start paying off in really unexpected and unusual ways. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, so yeah, let's start with some breakdown of the story, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of where you, I, even though it's hard to, I mean, as that spoiler warning, watch it yourself, etc. But the story, the screenplay here is magnificent. That's the thing that oh, yeah. really struck me. 
each individual aspect of this really works, but it's all built on the foundation that is this screenplay. Yeah, and, and it was conceived and written by the director. Yeah, no, no, this is his project. This is 100% his vision. Yep. And uh, it just is such a tight concept because the thing that really struck me was starting the movie, you know, you have some very minor hint what the film is about, even just from the poster. Mm-hmm. But the Actually, the poster doesn't... kind of threw me off a little bit because it looked so... Oh. Well, well, the poster threw me off when I started watching the movie because the poster mm. looks so mysterious. It's got like these people, maybe like a dead body on the ground, and then there's like these black lines on their eyes and stuff. So it's really mm. like mysterious and, <laughs> and interesting. And then, uh, you know, when you start watching the movie, it's so funny and it's almost like a con movie, <laughs> you know, it starts out. So it's like really, yeah. really threw me for a loop. I'm like, what is this movie about? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely on board for that. But the thing I will give this film full credit for is that the film at no point is trying to slow you down. Everything that happens to tell you about the character is also part of the narrative. There's no yes. wasted space. There's no dead weight at all. Yeah, no. This movie, I mean, I, I bet they spent a long, long time in the editing room because it is such efficient film. <clears throat> Sorry, such efficient yep. filmmaking. Oh, yeah. Every single Crazy. shot is deliberate. Every single piece of dialogue is deliberate. Ev absolutely everything in the movie is very deliberate and has purpose meaning and is not doesn't overstay its welcome in any way and this is no, very I mean, much an example of show don't tell where even sometimes shots would linger on someone's face and you just these like subtle expressions and that's all you need to understand what this character is going through yep and it's really really nice to see that executed so well yeah, and I mean, the, the thing that is, it, it's, it is almost a masterclass on screenwriting. I mean, this is something I've studied. I've never seen every single lesson I've ever been told all being put into effect in one film. Yeah. It's, it's doing everything every screenwriter is told to do, but it's doing everything at the same time. Every single line of dialogue is moving the narrative forward, informing the momentum of the film, and giving you information about the characters involved. Every scene is pushing towards, has its own beginning, middle, and end, and yet is pushing towards the larger narrative structure. It's just crazy how tight this screenplay is. Yeah, most definitely. And it, this definitely stands out even... So the director, Bong Joon-ho, really mm. prolific doesn't have a lot of movies under his belt but mo almost all of them have been really well received but this one oh, stands yeah. out even among them this is an absolutely insane achievement that he's uh, been able to to produce yeah mainly because of how small it is it is a ch you know it's it's almost like a chamber scene drama it's all very much around a one house two family thing it's not an epic story at all, but it is masterfully crafted. And it is, from what I've understood, an incredibly visceral attack almost on aspects of Korean society. 
I, I, yeah, I mean, I would even argue that this is very much, I mean, the, the major themes of the movie are very much universal. And even the way that they're oh, yeah. executed are, are so relatable. And I think that's why so many people at, you know, at the Oscars and worldwide generally relate and appreciate this movie is because everyone can sort of see themselves or put themselves in these situations. Yeah, so you're on one of the other side. There, there is very little in between here. Yeah. Speaking of one on the other side, one of the things that struck me about this movie was that there aren't any deliberate bad guys or good guys. No, so, not like the really. Fa- the, prota- the protagonists actually are the worst, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, uh, no, definitely. You know, they, they start up, I mean, you, they're, they lie, they, they cheat, they, they're con men, essentially, and they do anything and everything to sort of get, a, get one up. But at the same time, they're not like they're not deliberately hurting anyone. And the same thing with the rich guys. So in Hollywood, typically, if you have like a rich CEO or something, they're mm. always super obvious uh, to be like evil. And and um, you know you can see them from a mile away. They have that demeanor about them. Uh, but here, you know, they're just regular people. They care about the same things most middle class families care about. You know? Yeah, I mean, and I'd almost seems... say... Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go ahead. I would almost say when writing this, if I either the exact quote or a variation of this quote was somewhere on a wall. And it's a quote I use quite often, and I've, told, I've used it with you before. People are not fundamentally good or fundamentally bad. People are fundamentally people. Yeah. There are no... Exactly. Yeah, there are no cliches or themes on legs in this story it's all people yeah and i might be getting a bit ahead of myself but i think like the main villain essentially is lack of solidarity i would say uh and since we're in spoiler territory i can mention so Mm. when when you eventually get past the one hour mark and the movie shifts uh why when the old maid is pleading for them to, mm. you know, because they're both in the same class and whatever, when they're both, when she's pleading for them to, to not tell, yeah, they, they don't show any solidarity between either of them. So even when the tables turn, the other one also refuses to help the situation. Oh yeah, completely. Both of them refusing to see that they need each other to get out of this alive, essentially. Yeah, no, I mean, it really is... An interesting okay, okay, so the setup for the story, because we we're, we are getting off track because it's so hard to yeah. talk about the actual story in a lot of ways, is that you have we, we begin with a family who are clearly on hard times. They are yes. folding pizza boxes in a semi-basement to pretty much earn food money. Yeah, and just to mention the semi-basement, that opening shot absolutely wonderful because because it's this tiny window where light does come in and you get to see the outside world but at the same time they're still underground and that relates i mean the way that that relates to the rest of the movie is absolutely beautiful (laughs) yeah i mean the cinematography here is simply uh, i mean it's glorious there is again we're talking about like the efficiency there is never a shot wasted no not even and it, I mean, the the thing that really struck me is that in this beginning, we're having, we're, we'll get there in just a little bit, but there's a conversation between um, 
the son of this poor family, who I believe is called... Uh, what is his Lee. name? Hmm? Sun Kyun Lee. Yes, I believe that's him. Yeah. yeah. And he, Sun Kyun Lee is having a conversation with his, I think, school friend or something along that nature. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a simple shot reverse shot. We keep cutting back and forth, but the cinematography is doing so many interesting, subtle things to reflect the nature of the conversation. So the camera is ever so slightly shifting its where it's looking at each character every time we cut between them and how close it is and if it's moving mm -hmm. at all. And it's then like, I'm just watching and I'm thinking to myself, wow, someone is doing one of these conversations better than the Coen brothers. And they are the <laughs> masters of this. Yeah. Yeah, like how the camera goes slightly below as the conversation mm. continues, slightly... Uh, forming a lower angle on the friend while yep. ma while maintaining level but zooming in closer and closer on the on the sun. Yeah, and it's it's giving you information about what's going on inside his head. And that's exactly yeah. what this it's all about. It's all about information. And every yeah, camera and that, and shot is doing like, that. Exactly. And it's they don't even have, like you don't have to spell it out to people. You can literally nope. see the cogs turn in their heads just from their facial expressions, which is why I think this is one of the best acting I've seen. Even though it's in a, f a foreign culture and a foreign language, I still think that this is some of the best acting I've ever seen so far. Oh yeah, no, the, the acting is astounding. You could watch this thing on mute and you would still understand what was happening. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so especially this... uh, yeah, yeah, Kang okay. Ho Song, the, the father. Kang Ho Song, yeah. Yeah. Amazing, amazing acting. I mean, every yeah, little no. minor twitch on his face is just tells so much. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of like the Bong Joon Ho staple guy. He's the one who shows up in almost all his films, I believe. Yeah, because he was both in Snowpiercer and Memories of uh, Murder, and I think the host as well. He's the guy with the yellow hair, right? Yeah, he is the guy with the yellow hair. I mean, he is yeah. he is the he is the go to guy, and you can tell why. I mean, this guy is. This is his, the, the performance he gives here is so subtle mm -hmm. and yet so incredibly engaging. You can't take your eyes off this guy. And he, it's, uh, it's bizarre because it's not the most dynamic character. He's not actually the, the one pushing things along, but he is, you can s almost like feel his influence in his family. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I also oh. have to give props to the sister. Uh, so oh, yeah. Dumb Park, I believe her so name is. So Dumb Park, yeah. She's really yeah. good in this. I mean, all her scenes had me just laughing so hard. My stomach started cramping. She's incredible. <laughs> her comedic timing and, and the nonchalantness of her, uh, uh, of her entire character and, and the timing oh, yeah. of, uh, of the jokes were just so perfect. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, no, she has a fantastic kind of, I don't even know what to call it. it. It is perhaps the best use of teenage disinterest I've ever seen on screen. Right? 
There's there's a shot later in the film where she is sitting on a toilet that is pretty much exploding beneath her. And she's just taking a smoke. And it is it, yeah. the level of oh fuck it is off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. S- speaking of uh mm. like class difference and stuff, I love I love the placement of that toilet. It's oh, in yeah. a lot no, of scenes. It's... The fact that you have to even to, to go to the bathroom, you still have to climb stairs. It's worth mentioning that stairs and windows have incredible mm. importance to the story and are Oh yeah, no, it's really all over this thing. It's symbolism done almost perfectly, I would say. I mean, oh, it's yeah. the best symbolism on film that you will find, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not heavy handed or layered on top, it's just built into the groundwork. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, and it, getting back to it, we start off with this, which is that we are in this basement, we meet this family, and we meet this family having, I think, a conversation at least most human being alive, um, human beings alive today with a phone have had. Oh, shit, mm-hmm. we can't connect to the Wi-Fi anymore because someone put a password on it. <laughs> is there a cafe nearby that we can hook up with? Yeah. And the the son and the and the daughter go to the bathroom <laughs> with their phone, yeah. <laughs> trying to connect. We're, mon- we're montaging. We're we are being shown the geography of this apartment by people walking around with their phones, trying to get a signal. Yeah, and and the fact that they did that as well, because the geography of the apartment has an important role to play later on in the film mm-hmm. when the flood happens. Uh, yep. The fact that they did that so seamlessly in the beginning. That you don't even realize that you're understanding the geography of the house, or they're they're guiding you through it, because it's so engaging that the conversation that they're having, and it's so funny, and the execution is so so well done that it's and it, that you don't even notice that you're that you're being deliberately shown the geography of the house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and there's also here at the beginning, three my favorite three shots in the film aren't almost plot relevant at all. There was three little shots that I saw during the film, which were pretty much setting up a thing, establishing a thing, and then paying off a thing. And the first one's right up front here. We get a couple of pictures of things on the wall. And we get this Mm -hmm. in both the main houses, but we get this one first here in the underground apartment. And one of the photos they decide to focus on is the wife, the mother in the family, Clearly engaged in some kind of, um, I don't know what this sport is called. Is when you have the ball on the chain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not hammer toss, but it's something of that nature. It's kind of like lacrosse or something. I don't know. Yeah, and she and there's a picture of her at a clearly at high level athletic event doing this, right? Mm-hmm. And you, it's just one of those shots, and you're like, okay, that's a good indication that they are on hard times, but they weren't always on hard times. Right. Later on in the film, we see her doing this activity on the lawn of the other house. She's doing yeah. this spinning thing. Here's why it pays off. is because during the flood we keep coming back to, the first thing her husband chooses to save, the first thing he moves to is a silver award for that sport hanging on the wall. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And for being a family, and this is the thing, so little exposition happens that we're not being told how this family is in terms of their relationship. It's all shown through how they interact with each other. 
this is the clearest indication that this man loves his wife. Yeah. And uh, it's also further set up because in a lot of his conversations with the rich father, uh, mm. he keeps asking him, uh, you know, but you do love your wife, right? He keeps yeah, asking he, him he that keeps, question. Or at least implying the question and how he speaks, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can sort of see the, the difference in the relationships between the two. Uh, oh, yeah. Even when they're having that little drinking scene and how when they're joking around. You know, like you, you don't really see the rich family do that. They have a much less uh, tight-knit uh, family relationship, you can say. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, that's, I mean, like you were talking about solidarity. I think it's the one thing this family has. Because when the rich husband is questioned about it, I think he even has a line, love, yeah, let's call it that. Exactly. No, that's, that's, he, does, he does say that. <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry, what? While looking at VR, uh, VR applications. <laughs> oh, my lord. Oh, God, it's just, there's so many little things. But yeah, no, I mean, so we start off, we establish this apartment, we meet the son, the daughter, and the hus- husband and wife. Uh, who are uh, Kang Ho Song. Yeah, Kang Ho Song, who's playing playing uh, Ki Taek. Sung Kyun Lee, uh, who's the son. I believe. believe um, Sung Kyun Lee, who's the son, Don, who's playing Don Ik. And the daughter, mm-hmm. who you mentioned, which is So Dun Park. And the wife, which is Hye Jin Jang. Yeah, I, uh, I know we're butchering these names. Apologies. And we can apologize. Yes. And she's playing Chung Suk. Yeah, no, no, I mean, we... Neither of us are native Korean speakers by any measure at all. So we're, we're doing our best. Yeah. So you see them folding pizza boxes or, yeah, uh, and the efficiency. The pizza boxes come later because they, that, this yeah, is the yeah, thing. They, 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 need the to connect, they need to find the yeah. Wi-Fi because they need to connect to WhatsApp. And the WhatsApp is what tells exactly. them that they need to fold That's pizza true. boxes. And then there's this bizarre thing where they folded the pizza boxes, and it turns out that th- there's mm. fumigation going oh, on outside. Oh, that's such a beautiful scene. <laughs> and they decide, oh, God, and they decide not to close the windows because it gives mm-hmm. them free extermination. And they're in this apartment folding pizza boxes while choking yeah. on gas. Oh, that's such a gut punch when you see it. Oh, my God. Oh, and then you we're focusing on the dad who is watching this video of how to do the folding intently when he's clearly like eyes red in mm. this poison, just single-mindedly focused. And you're just like, what? Because it tells you so yeah. much and, about this. You man. Know, speaking of that, uh, he's the only one. Uh, so the payoff, you know, speaking of setups and payoffs, the payoff is mm. in not too many scenes after that. You see that he's the only one that's folding it really, yep. really efficiently in the family. And he does it just yes, like the exactly. video. And it's really, really impressive. He's doing exactly like the video. But the other thing is that while it's never shown who, one member of the family yes. was fucking it up. Because when they come to collect the boxes, one out of four mm-hmm. is a defect. And we're never told who the other who the person was who was screwing it up. Yeah, yeah. And it's not really important to know. It's just to know that it's it's to basically set up that 
this family would do anything to protect each other, which then comes into question when oh, yeah. you know later on in the movie when we meet the the old maid and and, and the other stuff, which you know speaking of solidarity. So yeah, it's yeah. just setting that up. Yeah, we're we're yeah, we're, we're, it's just literally setting that. Yeah, up. And, and it because a lesser movie would have used that as an opportunity to sow early mm-hmm. drama. There would have been an argument. There would have been a fight. Absolutely. But the second they even smell the chance that the son might be able to get a job delivering these pizzas, the entire family immediately goes into action. And you see the early signs of this kind of interesting teamwork they've developed, Mm -hmm. this survival instinct. Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually, I mean, it reminded me of movies like uh, Ocean's Eleven and and the like where you you see this intricate teamwork being played out and everyone has their own goal and their own mission, and they sort of do it together as as a team. It was so well, well done in this movie, in the first half. That it, like it's so incredibly entertaining just seeing them how they play off each other. Yeah, I mean, the film that came to my mind when I was watching the beginning of this film, bizarrely, was Trading Places. <laughs> okay. With Eddie Explain, Murphy and please. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. No, because like the later part of that film is kind of a heist movie being performed by buddies. You know, they're not a team. They're not professionals. They're kind of just bungling along as best they can, but they are clever enough to pull it off. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing. These people are not con artists. It's very obvious from the way they talk that this is not their usual behavior. But they are all intelligent, capable people. Mm -hmm. None of them is like the screw-up. None of them is a drug addict. None of them is dragging down the team. Everybody in this unit can step up to the plate at a moment's notice and actually be relatively brilliant. But they are not professionals. But it's actually really, really interesting to see how... So because this family is, is in the position that they're in, and because they're as determined as they mm. are, they they not only rely on their wits, they have to be witty. When contrasted yes. with the richer family, who are often are, are often stated that they're simple people, you know, and they're naive, they're rich, you know. <laughs> they, I, I think they're the gullible. yeah, I think the wife even says that you know, uh, the the husband says, oh, she's she's so nice despite being rich, and then the wife says, no. She's nice because she's rich, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If I was rich, I'd be even nicer. Yeah. <laughs> and that's such a great conversation because it is so telling. Yeah. And it actually, I mean, you know, that, that piece of dialogue kind of sums that portion of the movie really, really well. And it shows, oh, yeah. it shows just how much of a, of a difference privilege can have in that situation. I mean, and the, what also happens in that scene that you, we, we were talking about acting earlier is that she, the wife compares her husband to a cockroach. <laughs> yeah. And he has this angry outburst, which turns out to be a joke, kind of. Because we see later in the film that he absolutely is harboring some strong resentment about all this. But it isn't channeled towards his family at all. No. 
but it is this idea that he is the comparison to a cockroach is not actually insulting in a way it's something he kind of accepts about himself it's very it's such a bizarre internal like headspace going on for some of these characters there's another bit where the son is talking about the fact that he's forged university papers yeah, and he's which the sister helps forge. yeah the sister helps and he says i don't see this as lying i'm just printing my papers a little early yeah it is it's such an interesting rationalization because like all of these people yeah yeah go ahead because all of the they the they all take on jobs in this household but they're all qualified to do them yeah they're all good at their jobs yeah actually funny enough yes i mean the father with his driving skills the the rich husband mentions it straight away that uh, his driving skills are, are impeccable. The mother mm. with uh, the house uh, household cleaning and maintenance, she does the job really, really well because you know she's used to it, I guess. Yep. Uh, at least that's what she says. Uh, and then the the daughter is really, really, really good at acting, <laughs> and. Yes. Uh, very. And forging, basically, and in, within the context of the movie, I mean. And so mm. she plays this sort of like uh, art uh, tutor. Art therapist. Kind of. Art therapist, yeah, that's what it was. Art therapist for the, the youngest son of the rich family. And then mm -hmm. uh, the son, uh, Dong Ik, is mm. a really good English speaker, yeah, even according to his friend, who used to be the old uh, tutor but had to travel. And so recommends him yes. to do do the job instead. And so they're with all the, really, and with really this good. interesting little assumption. Yeah. So what ends up happening is that his friend shows up and gives them a stone, which is some kind oh, of sculpture, yeah. I believe. It's... And it's meant to bring prosperity. Mm -hmm. And then he yes he asked his his. Buddy, can you tutor this girl while I'm gone? Don't worry about credentials. Just forge something. I'll give you my recommendation. And it turns out the big reason he does it is not because he thinks this guy is the best for the job. It's yeah. because he trusts him not to, you know, move in on his girl, quote unquote. Quote unquote. <laughs> and you and again, it's this thing where he the assumption is apparently that young poor guy isn't up to, you know, he, he's not a threat. Exactly. And and that's, you can see the reaction in the actor's face when he gets that information and how mm. it's a very subtle change in demeanor. It's just a slightly lowering of the lips, slightly lowering of the eyes, but, you, but it changes the atmosphere completely. And it helps that the camera slowly zooms in while that's why this is occurring. Yeah, I mean, the way I'd, I thought of it in my head is that it, it's exactly that point in the in the documentary when you're watching the large cat extend its claws. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you, you're you're watching that aspect of the animal come come forth. Right. Because he was exactly. willing to be good. He you you he wasn't he his mind hadn't gone anywhere until he got this presumption placed on him. 
And yep. then there is that shift in demeanor that goes from the nice friend to the opportunist. Exactly. And it's played off so well. Oh, yeah. I can't stress enough. I, mean, I know I keep mentioning it, but it's just, it's done so well. Oh, it's so, it, it is it's so, so surprising subtle. to me. <laughs> it's so subtle, but it's also so ingrained into how this thing is written. I mean, the, the, the one that really got me is that he goes, he has his lesson. He has a really interesting little moment with the girl he's going to tutor when he takes her pulse. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about just cutting through the weeds and that's how you treat an exam. And it's an interesting moment, but the really telling moment is when he gets back and he says he's talked about, like he's created this character to teach art. The sister isn't surprised. The sister says, oh, are we moving along that quickly? Yeah. This is not some random opportunity. They are clearly on the lookout to ingratiate themselves into this family's world. And it is the plan from the get-go. This is lesson one, and he, they're already planning. Yeah, it's uh, the way that they that the family sort of uh, goes through with their plan. Incredibly, mm. it's almost as efficient as the filmmaking is in this film, <laughs> where oh, yeah. they go through, like day after day. It's just a new person introduced into the film. <laughs> yeah, and I mean they are really really subtle about it there is nothing extravagant and the thing we are not seeing is like big planning scenes or anything like that because it doesn't necessary it doesn't add anything we are judging these people by their actions not by their words mm -hmm. and i think that's kind and of the interesting seeing, thing mm, yeah go for it. exactly and seeing just how uh how quick on their feet they are and how opportunistic they are. Like, for example, when uh, the sister gets offered to be driven home by the old driver. Uh, yeah. And then while she's there, she talks with him and then immediately gets the idea to leave her panties there so that he gets scolded by the, the rich father. And it's, it's so well done because you can, you can literally see in the character's face that like, Oh wait a minute! I can do this and this and this, and this will result in this and that. You know, like you can see the plan unfolding in their heads. Yeah, I mean, she even calls really it. I laid a trap in the car. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, the thing that got me there is that when we were watching it last night, there is that moment where the the they say, "Oh, can you drive?" They, the driver comes in and they said, "Oh, you're not busy. Can you drive her home?" And he says, "Yes." And we're both sitting there going, "Oh sh shit." He's gonna have to drive her home. I mean, that that this could screw the plan. Mm -hmm. This is a problem, and it's not because she is right on it, just going like, "No, drop me at the station." And the second he starts pushing it, she's like, "Number one, she registers that and says this is information," mm -hmm. and then two, she immediately, as you said, just pulling off this incredible little piece of acting as a character, not as an actress, just kind of like gives this guy the "I have a boyfriend" treatment. And puts him in his place. And then after that, that's when you can see those cocks turning again. And it's just this little look at him. Little look at the seat. And then she just does it. There is so little of this, what we, I guess what you could call the Hollywood hand-holding thing. Where you're just going like, oh, should I do this? Yeah. Should I do that? Exactly. 
Uh, and there, there is no devil or angel on the shoulder here. This is just people who are practical and thinking and taking opportunities. Exactly. And I think, I think why this movie was so successful in the way that it did it is because it's so intuitive. The decisions that they're making mm. are incredibly intuitive. Uh, like there's a lot of movies where you would probably need a little bit of handholding because you can't really see how they come to that conclusion famously in like detective no. movies where a detective oh, figures, yeah. figures this out and then he has to explain to everyone and to the audience more importantly how they figured it out uh, here they don't need to do that because everything falls into place and we the audience sort of know what what's going through their heads by their actions immediately because it's so intuitive yeah, I mean, and the thing that I will say here is, like, again, you, the odd thoughts that came into my head is that because nothing that happens seems unreasonable. Exactly. You can understand why this rich family gets duped because everything that happens is very much a opportunity seen, opportunity taken kind of situation. Mm -hmm. If they hadn't taken this opportunity, they would have taken a different one. Oh, yeah. But... I mean, Guaranteed. these people are moving. These people are moving into this family, like you know, Julius Caesar seizing the Roman Empire. It is <laughs> speed upon speed. They're 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 three steps ahead all the time, and they're not doing it purposefully. That's just how they operate. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, I, my favorite for that is when they are clearly rehearsing the dad in giving a speech. And they stop him to bring the emotion down because he's overplaying it. But yeah. they predicted what the wife is going to say. Yeah, almost to a T. To a T. And you're just sitting there going, you get, and considering all the setup, you believe it completely. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. So, I mean, yeah, the son so... goes, yeah, the, the son goes and he is. The English tutor who then gets, he sees they have a son who is artistically inclined, but a problem child, hyperactive, something, something. And he brings in his sister. Well, the mother believes that the kid is artistically inclined. Yes. Yeah. Judging by the giant, hilarious picture he's drawn that they put on the wall. Yeah. Actually, you know, speaking of, because uh, you mentioned at the beginning of the movie, they focus in on the pictures of the house. The, mm. uh, the half basement that the poorer family lives in. Yes, very uh, much. And so. then the minute that he walks into this, the rich people's house. By the way, speaking of stairs, they have to literally go up the road and climb upstairs to get into the to the rich house. So that's just the just to mention the symbolism. Uh, yeah, but yeah, after so they've gone through, through a key house. door. Yeah, so they he walks through this house, and then you see the pictures that this family has, and it's like mm. a wedding photo. It's a family photo. Everything is very staged very uh, you know, organized and they're which huge contrast and they're, they're really big. Yeah. Which contrasts their pictures, which is, you know, it's a picture of her, of the mother in, in the action of perform like the performing the, the sport, which is not staged at all. It's like, it's in the moment, it's spur of the moment kind of mm. thing. And it just shows how differently these families operate. I mean, the one that really got me is when we're talking about camera and such, that we the camera style changes. When we're in the little apartment, we have a moving camera, which is kind of moving around quite naturalistically. We have some handheld going on. 
when we enter into this home, which is gorgeous, by the way, the architecture is incredible. We end up with a lot of flat framing. We have a lot of flat walls with pictures on them and solid lines in the foreground and people moving through that space on a static camera. Mm-hmm. And it gives a very... It, it, it makes everything much less naturalistic. It makes this place feel like a piece of architecture rather than a home. Exactly. And you're always hearing about this architect, the great Noom Jung or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, this is interesting because it is clearly trying to say something. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. They, they literally just have steady cams and uh, dolly shots when they're in the, the big house. As compared mm. to yeah, in the basements where it's way more naturalistic and uh, and floating. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean so, this house is kind of like it's almost its own character. I would almost say both the apartment and the house are so well detailed and so well constructed to reflect their occupants. And the way that the that the camera the camera work is in this movie is that you never feel lost within the environment. You no. always know exactly where everything is, which is a testament really to the camera work because it's so easy to, you know, shoot a scene in the kitchen, then shoot a scene in the living room without anything linking the two, uh, mm. which happens in so many other movies. But here you're always aware of your surroundings as a viewer. Which, yeah, I mean, uh, so when, when, any, when anything happens, when perfectly. Anything, yeah, so when anything happens, you hear a noise, you see, you see some, someone moving in the background, you know exactly where everything is happening. Hmm. Which is great, yes. because, I mean, there are parts of this film that get quite tense, and all they need to do is show two characters walking in two parts of the house. But because mm-hmm. everything's been established so well, you know how far away they are from each other. Exactly. And it, it, it's just, ah, it, it, it's so, I mean, there were a couple of moments during this film where I literally just had to sit there and go, oh, oh it's so beautiful because it I is know, right? the, camera, the camera work and the cinematography. I mean, I, I never thought I'd say this in my life. Roger Deakins, eat your heart out some of these shots. I know, right? It's, it's, it's just absolutely breathtaking. The it's color just... use. It's so oh. gorgeous. No, this entire movie is gorgeous from top to bottom. Even the worst-looking locations are beautifully shot. It's... I can't praise this movie enough, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you say the worst-looking locations. They're worst-looking because they're meant to be. But they are perfectly constructed to tell their own story. You're looking at these spaces, and you know these people. You look... You take one look around this house kind of unattended because you when we show up with the kid who's going to do the English tutoring he looks around the house a little bit before we meet the wife of the rich family and you get such an impression of who these people are and the lives they lead just by that and it is it's such a great tool again for information yeah and very much show don't tell kind of information oh yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Which I cannot give enough praise to this movie on how they are able to, with, and again, it's like you mentioned, this is, the screenplay is so tight that with the least amount of information told to us, are still able to get 
all the information we need just from the visuals alone. Uh, and this all on a budget of less than 12 million estimated. It's estimated at 11.4 million dollars hmm. US. That's crazy to me. It Isn't grossed it worldwide. Yeah, that's what it says here. Wow. At least. Uh, I don't know how trustworthy this number is, but it's kind of crazy, especially considering that it, it grossed worldwide uh, 254, over $254 million. That's I a mean, huge return. I mean, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to take a moment here to do a little bit of a shout out because it, I feel this is something that isn't being done enough with this movie is that because it is foreign language, a lot of the secondary production crew aren't getting a lot of uh, credit kind of in reviews and criticism from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. Everyone's talking about Bong Joon-ho and not anyone else. Uh, Kyung Pyo Hong, who is the cinematographer for this, has oh, done... He deserves so much praise. He's done Parasite. He did Snowpiercer. He's done The Wailing, which I've heard amazing things about. Uh, he did Burning. He did Burning, which is another Korean film that is just hugely uh, fantastic, apparently. Just give this guy credit because good, sweet God is this movie pretty. Yeah. And it's so beautifully shot without being distracting. You don't feel like you're watching a showreel. Yeah, no, but, not I mean, at all. There's so this many, is like the antithesis yeah. of a Terrence Malick movie. <laughs> oh yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. I mean this is again, we're talking about efficiency and use. Every shot, every use of color, the lighting especially, is just magnificent. When they are sitting um, in these, this garden room, where this living room that has this huge window out to this garden, oh, that is yeah, a set a that is used for, like, half the film uses this set. You know what I mean? They don't go a lot of places in this movie, but it is so effective and so beautifully used each time and it looks beautiful and different each time because they use the lighting so well yeah i mean first of all you know because we mentioned the the, the half basement that the that the key family lives in mm. uh and how you know they get this tiny sliver of window with a little bit of light shining in and a little and a little peek into the outside world basically yeah. reflecting their position in, in society and then contrast that with this house the 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 bigger house and how you have this massive wall sized window essentially mm. uh, out to the garden, which looks gorgeous. And you have so much sunlight beaming in through. Uh, it's just, it's such a beautiful contrast. And again, it's just, it's literally just shown to the audience without explaining it, without even deliberately talking about it. It's just the, just to give you the overall feeling so you feel claustrophobic in the half basement, but you feel very open and almost relief in the bigger house. And it's just done so beautifully. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, and the thing that really gets me is that I think there was one scene where the most cinematography the film gets is using slow motion. Mm -hmm. But it is slow motion as I have never seen it used before in my life. Because to give you such a contrast, you have the rich people's house where you see a thunder and lightning storm going on outside this huge window. Fine. Cut to, in a different part of the movie, the poor people looking outside their window at a man pissing on their doorstep pretty much. Yeah. 
and the son goes out to spray water on him, and the uh, and the father goes out with a bucket of water, and the <laughs> peeing on versus water bottle versus bucket of water becomes a slow motion visual spectacle, all through the lens of the the tiny window in their house. Yeah, basement. and it's like it's that's so well fantastic. Oh yeah. And, and there's actually not a lot of slow motion scenes. There's that one. There's the last. There's the ending. Or toward mm, the climax, yeah, the ending as well. Mm, climax. Uh, and and there's <laughs> one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie when they're all chasing for the phone. Yep. Oh yeah. God, yes. Absolutely. They're all chasing for this phone. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> they're all like they're all grabbing each other and basically having like a tumble on, over each other. And it's so so funny. I love that scene so much. Yeah, I think because so the first half of the film is these people are invading this home pretty much. They're taking the position as the tutors, they're taking the position of the housekeeper, and they're taking the position of the driver. Mm-hmm. And then so now all four people, no, all four of the poor family are on are in employment to this family. Yes, which leads to the middle of the film, where yeah. uh, the I should also mention yeah, before before we move on. So the entire family is employed, and they're making quite a bit of money but you never see any of the characters break their uh their persona. yeah uh so you never see them all of a sudden splurge and buy a tesla <laughs> or no. or like a really nice suit or anything no this is very much a family that's that knows that they don't have forever to do this and are just doing yep. this because of, out of pure necessity yeah, I mean, they eat more. That's kind of the only change. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's because they eat at the rich family's house. They eat at the rich... Oh, they also go to a, a driver's cafeteria. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> such a good scene. I love it. And that's where they also, like, you get such an indication of this family is because they're talking and they're going like, oh, yeah, you used to drive, but did you drive then or... Were you a valet or was this after this co- business you tried went bust or after this business you tried went bust? Yeah. So they've clearly been pushing and trying different things and trying to make this work. It just hasn't worked out for them. And uh, this final... Which attempt. reflects, and this is... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And that's kind of where it takes us, because it's like, I feel... We're giving so much credit to how it looks and the feel of it, but where this movie really begins to become something special is when... The rich family goes away for camping. The poor family pretty much takes over their home. Yeah, and have a little drunken and then stupor. Have a little drunken stupor. We've been drinking Voss water <laughs> yeah. from the fridge. <laughs> just love that. I know. It's such and a... it's just... It's just... Yeah. And then the maid who they got out of the house by pretending she had tuberculosis because she has a peach allergy... Boy, oh boy, is that insidious. Oh, yeah. And that's pretty much the most insidious thing that they do. And that's the thing that comes yeah. and bites them in the ass, essentially. Exactly. Because suddenly she's back on the doorstep. And then things get crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they even mention at one point when they're planning out what to do to get her fired. Uh, that, mm. uh, that, she, that, you know, she's such a nice lady and that this is... Now the family loves her. Uh, are we sure that we want to go through with this, essentially? And, 
and it's not it's not set up to create family drama it's just set up like mm. you know um we have to really be careful how we do this because this is a very delicate situation but everyone is still on board very much so because you know like there's the solidarity between the family itself essentially yeah i think there's there's even a point where the sister when drunk pretty much just says don't worry about anyone else worry about me worry about yeah. us exactly and that's that's the and that happens right before the doorbell, and that's the crux of the issue, of the whole yeah. uh, the whole the whole the whole situation of this family falls under, is because of that one statement essentially, is that care about us but not about other people, and that's the downfall essentially. Because suddenly this woman is coming in, this old maid is coming in. And I, I, this is where I get hesitant. Do we want to talk about what happens next? Because we've avoided it so far. And in case someone's been listening up till now, it's kind of like, oh, God, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you because this movie is very much best seen going in cold. Yeah, and, and I don't think up till now, everything we've talked about, you can get away with. It's what happens next we don't want to get into. Yeah, because that's when the the shift of the movie happens. Yeah. Um, it's also worth mentioning when we're talking about themes and how they reflect. Yeah, you mentioned it as well. You were talking about how, you know, this rich family, they're sleeping and there's this uh, uh, rainstorm essentially happening outside and it looks gorgeous from their big window. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you have uh, the key family rushing back home uh, to find that their half basement is flooded with sewage, and yep. uh, that's where you get the scene where the daughter is just sitting on the toilet, that's just gushing. Yeah, uh, and the husband is trying to save the the award. Yeah, and it's just... And it's, it's just having a spoke, and it's such a it's such a beautifully shot contrast between the two. And yeah, you can't and they, really they even... blame the rich family because they don't they don't really. I think that's what this movie does so well is that. The rich family, like like you were saying, you know, these are people are just people, you know, they're not yep. inherently bad or inherently good. They didn't, they don't want to hurt anyone. No. They just don't know any better. Essentially, you know, like that's the crux of it. Was they just don't know any better. They haven't experienced yeah. what the other half goes through. Yeah, I mean, there's one bit like right afterwards, like they're talking the the rich wife after all this has happened is talking about. Oh yeah, the weather's so clear and there's no pollution. That rain really cleared it up. What a blessing! Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're just watching the this the husband of the poor family who's driving, and you're just like, oh no. Yeah, because they had to stay at a gymnasium where they only saved a few things, even like clothing. They just basically stole <laughs> the next day. Yep, they just stole some clothes. Uh, oh, and sleeping on the floor, and it's just that, yeah. At, Another thing to mention that the that the wife the rich wife mentions is the the smell right the, of uh, oh yeah the smell keeps coming up and it's kind of the one thing that really doesn't put you on favor for this family is because the husband is is he, the rich husband's a dick yeah I mean this actor is great he he carries it really well he doesn't he's not cartoonish he's yeah not it's not overacting at all just, it's just no he's just kind of an arrogant sod yeah he's arrogant in the exact right amount. And he also is uh, oblivious, let me say, to the, uh, not just oblivious, like he doesn't even care about the rest of the world to a certain degree. No. And he just like, you know, 
even even his wife and his family, he just is, they're just there as almost like props for him for his enjoyment. Yes, and uh, you know, but it's never overacted or overstated. It's just you just notice it about this character. Yeah, and what he does is that he talks about the uh, so the, he mentions this smell because they've we've ended up in this kind of like farcical era situation where. How to put this? Like the family is hiding and listening to the rich family talk, and he does. It's it's the only sign that really like puts you against these people is when they're talking about like the fact that the father of the poor family, the uh, Mister Kim as they called him, has a smell that he associates with uh, the subway. Yeah. And it's like the smell comes up a few times. There's also the son who says that all of the family who who are now like the poor family smell the same. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's just kind of like it's interesting. It's the reason that kind of it becomes interesting is because it is it is such a level of not understanding and kind of selfishness to just judge someone by, by that because he keeps talking about crossing the line and he's used that phrase before and it's kind of an indicator that i don't know how to put this but he feels that if people who are working for him are too familiar he calls that crossing the line yeah and then the smell crosses the line and you're kind of sitting there going ah you're a dick aren't you yeah (laughs) which which is his character so it actually plays really well it plays really well, but this poor family's listening, and the dad is just kind of... You can tell he is ashamed of himself, and yet maintaining himself. It's mm-hmm. it's quite a deep moment, which then leads to the most awkward reaching of third base in cinema history. <laughs> well, before, before, you, before you get into that, which is incredibly dumb, by the way. <laughs> Before you get into that, because uh, you mentioned earlier how when the his wife mentions that he's a cockroach mm-hmm. or like a cockroach, he gets triggered by that. Yep. And when they mention the smell, and every time they mention the smell, you can see him get triggered again and again, and you can see that this is taking a mental toll on him. Mm-hmm. And that has a very beautiful payoff later on. Yes, it really does. does. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I mean, this, let's talk again, about, this let's movie's talk about always setting it up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh my god, I, I think that's gonna like. I, I think for the sake of everyone listening, we shouldn't go into the tonal shift too much or the dramatic mm-hmm. reveals that come later because I feel that's better reserved for the actual viewing. Yes, but I, I do need to talk about this because this happens, I think, before, so it's okay. <laughs> my god, what in the actual world are we watching because their little son is outside he has decided he's going to sleep in a tent tonight because they were going to go camping and it failed so he's now in the tent okay yeah because it was raining yeah so the husband and wife decide they're going to sleep on the couch to keep an eye on him good okay that's actually good parenting good for you people Mm -hmm. and then oh every line of dialogue in the sex semi-sex scene that happens next is a treasure. 
Everything they say is bizarre and hilarious. I, I, I the thing that the two that really got me is because yeah, he pretty much just starts you know manhandling his wife, and um, <laughs> she she obviously is like oh no we can't he's outside he's like ah he'll it'll be fine don't worry about it and things get handsy. At which to point, lightly. <laughs> oh my god, there's a there's a two line exchange between them that just kills me, and I I literally burst out laughing. Yep. <laughs> the wife says he's playing with her breasts, to put it lightly. The mm-hmm. wife says, clockwise. Yes. <laughs> okay. At which point she begins reaching into his trousers his pajama trousers, and he says the most bizarre line I've heard ever in a sex scene, you know where it is. Mm-hmm. I, yep. <laughs> I don't know if that's a lost in translation issue. Or... It, it, I think it might be, because uh, it does feel very out of place in that scene. It, it just, I'm sorry, What? <laughs> But I think it adds character and texture to the whole. Oh, doesn't <laughs> it just? Can, oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> it is. It, it it feels so unsexy. Because uh, the thing the husband says next, which is just mind blowing, he is talking about the panties that the sister left in the car. Yeah. Which he refers to as those cheap panties. Mm-hmm. And he says. If you put those on, I'll get rock hard, and you're just honestly with your head in your hands going, I'm sorry, what are we watching? But it's done so realistically, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is... Not that I imagine anyone doing that in real life, but the way that they present the scenario, it's done so realistically that that although it is a you know, palm, uh, face palm situation. Oh. It's, uh, it's very much in character and, and, and just seeing the way that the, because uh, is it worth mentioning that the family is hiding in the desk in front of them? Oh yeah, desk? no, we've told, we mentioned it already. They're there. They're there. This is, this yeah. is voyeuristic. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're hiding underneath the desk. Uh, the, the, the coffee table. Mm, and the coffee table. laying there. And waiting for them to fall asleep so that they can sneak out. And they just have to listen to them and wit- almost wit- witness them mm. having this really awkward, borderline rapey sex. <laughs> which, yeah, which, by the way, so contrasts creepy. really well with the way that uh, 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 the poorer father and, the, and his wife interact with each other. Which is way more in the you know, loving, caring kind of way. And you can see, you can clearly tell that they really love each other, you know, because they caress each other's cheeks and stuff like that. Yeah, and then you also, contrast that a... with this rich family who's like almost raping each other. Yeah, there's also the fantastic bit when they're carrying boxes into the house together, and he just grabs her butt, and it's like, yeah, I know, it's, it's so good, <laughs> it's so great because it is really just this wonderful moment of like, ah, oh, they've still got a sex life, good for them. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and it really sets up like the. Uh, they're they're dynamic together so well. Oh yeah, like they're they're really they're really cheeky and playful with each other, and it's not uh, it's not this relationship which yeah, the, the and rich people like have, right which is really awkward. When he has this weird trigger moment with the cockroach thing, 
and then plays it off as a joke. And every and it, him and the wife start laughing together. It's not like he says it's a joke and everyone just is awkward. Everyone actually is on board for this, especially the wife. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she just says, I break his arm and then clearly displays she's stronger than him because she's the yeah. athlete of the two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cut so to true. this awkward couple and it is just, oh, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? You know where it is. <laughs> you know where it is. It's kind of like, oh, dude, that's that doesn't sound like something you say to your wife, man. The next time I'm in bed with someone, you know what I'm saying. You know. Yeah, where I know it what is. you're gonna. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Abdul. I know you well clockwise. enough. The next thing you're gonna be. The next thing you're gonna. Yes. The next thing you're saying is clockwise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Clock- and I mix oh, for- it up with a uh, with a counterclockwise, you know. Counterclockwise. Oh, surprise myself. Just, even. It got Whoa. so weird, and it's so out of nowhere. But it also like right afterwards, it leads to my favorite shot in the film, which is that they've fallen asleep and the family begins to escape. But clearly, the husband is the slow one because you know the two kids run, and then the husband's trying to make his way across the floor without waking the couple sleeping on the sofa, and then the mm-hmm. son turns on the walkie-talkie and wakes them up. And we get this wide shot of this window and this couple, and just in the corner, you see the husband's legs. Yeah, and he's just stood completely still. It's just unmoving. And it is this fantastic shot because you're, 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 you're supposed to be looking at this beautiful vista, but all you can look at are these legs <laughs> sticking out. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, and it's so funny because it is. This is the thing. It's like even in the darker moments of this film, the comedy like holds true. Yeah, ah, it's so great. No, this is, this is. I think this is up there in terms of comedy. This is even more comedic, I would say, than uh, the Dead Don't Die. Yes, actually, Don't Die. <laughs> but they live in your actually, basement secretly. Yeah, your half basement. <laughs> Your half basement secretly. No, I mean it. No. It's yeah. No, I mean it is. It is so funny, but it isn't. It's not a gut buster. It's not a laugh out loud kind of funny. It's just a consistently. I don't know what to call it. It's like a Cohen's brother kind of humor. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. But, but it's I, actually, I would even argue it's even executed better. Than yeah. Cohen's exactly. Brother. It is executed better. There's something about it that makes it more insidious and yet more well placed. And like when it comes to the comedy, I mean, mm. so Dan Park, she just fucking nails oh, it out. Nails of it, park. knocks it out of oh, the park every time. Every single scene, especially when she's pretending to be the the ther- the art oh, therapist, just shuts and down every attempt. Oh man, I know she's so good. Oh man, oh, yeah, beautiful. I love this movie. I I I'm yeah. so glad we did this movie because oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we could have talked about this for five hours. This movie just yeah, is we are, worth we are, going through scene by scene. We are really pushing the time. <laughs> We're really pushing the time. <laughs> yep. Uh, this, yeah, so this, uh, I, I've mentioned that uh, when we did our top 10 of 2010s, mm. that for me, as much as I loved uh, Joker and other movies that I've seen in 2019, my favorite pick was Marriage Story, mainly yep. because of how realistic and how wonderful the acting was. It was one of the best acting I'd ever seen. Uh, and so that was my pick for best of. But having seen this now, this definitely wins. 
has yeah, that no, I gotta agree. This this took top slot for me in 2019. I can. It's so nice to see a movie this deserving win so many awards. I would even, I would almost go so far as to say this is probably one of the best movies of last decade. Like all in all, I don't know. If, it's it's just because like yes, it might not be the best in terms of like purely cinematography, even though it's super high up there. It might not be the best in terms of screenplay, again, even though it's super, super high up there. But just the complete package oh, yeah. of it doesn't stop acting, wrong. design, uh, props, freaking uh, you know, camera work, the screenplays, mm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Everything was just so well made that yeah, I mean, all in the, all, the this art... might be... Yeah. The art, the construction, the design, every piece of the puzzle is there and each piece is perfection. Yeah, and I like like I can the the closest thing and it's mainly because of what we talked about last week which was the the, the Nolan uh, retrospective. Mm. The closest thing I can say in terms of how the story unfolds would maybe be something like the prestige where you know it's you know every little piece of information is already there and you just have to sort of put it together but this is and and, and as as well executed as the prestige is mm-hmm. this definitely takes the cake oh yeah no this is this is better made mainly because it isn't it's doing more with less it yeah. is less showy it is less extravagant it is less epic and yet it is more impactful mhm absolutely oh love Hands it down. so yeah, again, please, if you haven't watched this movie, my God, get out, get on this. Yeah, Whenever no, you're this listening, is... get on this. Yes, please, for the love of God. <laughs> All that is holy. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a wonderful movie. I love it. Uh, and it's so funny because I watched this uh, right after I saw another movie called Vivarium. Which is also mm. like a, a little brainy kind of uh, movie, or a little art housey, I'd say. But mm. just seeing the just the level of artistry in this one, in comparison to everything else that I've seen, it's just yeah. Oh my god. Oh no, I'm gonna be rewatching this because it is just for sure. This is gonna go on my list of must sees for people to watch. Like I recommend certain movies a lot. This is going on there. No, most definitely. Uh, like I said, for me personally, this is probably like if one of the best, if not the best movie of last decade for me, like as a complete yeah. package. I think I need to let it ruminate a little bit more, but I can see myself making a similar choice. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'll have oh. to look through my list again, but this, this <laughs> just was incredible. God, it really was. Well, all right. So, I uh, want to give it a final score. <laughs> oh, man. This is an essential. What are we kidding? I, I mean, come on. I know, this right? is... It's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> it's a 10 out of 10. I don't even know which genre to put it under, but my God, is it a 10 out of 10? Yeah. No, this is this is definitely an essential movie. This is one oh, yeah. that everyone who has any sort of minor interest in movies should watch. Yeah, this because... is a masterclass, man. Yeah, no, if, if you're, especially if you're like an aspiring filmmaker and you want to oh, yeah. see something done like to perfection, watch mm-hmm. this and study every single piece of this. Yep. Especially no, this, the, the, the writing. The writing yeah, no, is the, just The story structure, the dialogue, the editing, my God. Get oh. on this. Yeah, 
Okay, oh. so where can they reach us? Well, we are on all major streaming platforms at this point. We can be found on uh, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Just search for Sight on Screen. Um, mm -hmm. We are also on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Sight on Screen. Yes. And we can be reached if anyone has any comments, questions, things they'd like to tell us, sightonscreen at gmail.com. Yes. And if uh, you want to help uh, support the show, number one, share it with everyone you know, anyone yep. who might be interested. And spread the word. Spread the word. And also, you can reach us on patreon.com forward slash site on screen. That would be hugely appreciated. But again, just spreading the word is the best thing you can do it's for us in these important. early days. Yes. It's kind of what we need. And thank you for thank you for listening during these interesting times. I know we're recording remotely, and that has its own complications. Uh, we are hoping to get back towards a more uh, sonorous, multi-dual sound system soon. But until that time, and while we're all going through what we're going through, thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. We do appreciate it. Thank you so much, and we hope to see you again next week. And remember, clockwise. <laughs> oh, God.